Welcome, this is Voice of Change, a syndicated radio broadcast and podcast airing since 2011. Voice of Change is committed to raising the leader in you. And because time is the unit of life, I assure you that the next few minutes you have decided to invest in your own leadership journey will be rewarded with a definite paradigm shift. Stay with me on Voice of Change. This Tuesday is the first Tuesday after American Mother's Day. It is quite interesting that more than one Mother's Day is celebrated throughout the world. Why should it be so important? Why are mothers so important? This question has been asked again and again, and it was found out in a study amongst a broad-based group that is a large sampling of people, men, women, children, that mother is the sweetest word, the most heartwarming word in the English language, not love, mother. Perhaps mother is synonymous with love, with strength, with nurture, with unwavering commitment, with devotion to make you the greatest that you can become. Perhaps mother is also another word for leader on the home front. A leader that in many times does follow the lead of the head of the house, but has learned to lead from the back, learned to lead without being the one seen. Yet again, we have single mothers, women who have to take care of their children, sometimes without any support, sometimes with minimal support. I celebrate all mothers today and I dedicate this broadcast to mothers all over the world. Happy Mother's Day in arrears. And in the spirit of Mother's Day, and still in the theme of talking about the history of Nigeria, how did we get to where we are today? I would like to talk about a mother who was a mother in multiple ways. Stay tuned, you're still connected to Voice of Change and you will know exactly who I'm talking about right after these messages. Voice of Change is sponsored by AB Consulting and Awesome Treasures Foundation Podcast. Subscribe to Voice of Change Podcast today on iTunes and Spotify and don't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Voice of Change. I'm your host, Olajumoke Adenowo. And you can reach me at Instagram at Jumoke Adenowo. I have always found the story of a particular Nigerian woman who lived in colonial times quite interesting. As a woman in a man's world, in the field of architecture, as a chartered arbitrator, in many cases always functioning in the male-dominated sphere, I wonder how this woman rose to prominence in a time when patriarchal Nigeria was even more parochial than ever. It continues to amaze me and I think no contemporary woman has an excuse for not expressing her leadership potential for not rising to the demands of her time and being all she was meant to be. I speak of Madame Efunporoye Tinubu, who was born in 1805 as Efunporoye Oshu Tinubu, often shortened to Efunporoye Tinubu. She was a shrewd and ambitious Nigerian business tycoon and she wielded enormous economic power across Western Africa and political power in Anabekuta and in Lagos. She was not the only one. Another 
Egba born woman, Efusheton Aniura, was a powerful business tycoon in Ibadan. Therefore, we have two Egba women, Egba being of Egba Abelkuta extraction. Abelkuta now in present the capital of Ogun state, who were powerful in Yoruba land during colonial times. Efusheton Aniura in Ibadan, Iyalode Ibadan, and Efroye Tunubu, who became Iyalode of Abelkuta. Suffice it to say that I've always talked about the balance of power in pre-colonial times in Yoruba land, where we had yellow days like Efoncheton and Efuroye, the women at large, literally, or like the leader of formidable women. We had Iyala Jays, who were the women leading commerce, because commerce and trade was usually in the hands of women, at least commerce and trade of the market type. But some women like Afroye and Efusheton did not constrain them commercial activities to the level of the city marketplace alone. So we had women and youth representation in traditional Yoruba governance. Representation that we struggle to now have in the 21st century, but we had in pre-colonial times. But that would be a digression. Let me quickly take us through the story of Madame Efroye Tidubu and what intrigues me about her. What intrigues me about her is that in many ways, she had a very challenging life. Some say she was born in 1805, others put it at 1810 in Ojokodo in Ogo State. She married her first husband, he died. She had two sons for him. What many don't know is that these two sons also died. The legend goes that she helped an old man out and the old man promised her astonishing wealth never letting her know that this astonishing wealth will be at the cost of the lives of her two children. But that's just a myth, cannot be substantiated. But the two children died. But after the death of her husband, she married Oba Adele in 1833. Oba Adele was the exiled king of Lagos, and Badagri, where they moved to, was the preferred spot of exile when the traditional Lagos monarchs were exiled. She leveraged on Adelie's connections in Badagri and she built a formidable business. She dealt in tobacco, salt and slaves, which were a commodity at the time. Oba Adelie was reinstated in 1835 and apparently, from all accounts, she was actively involved in bringing him back to the throne in Lagos. Oba Adelie died two years after. It means that this lady, who then had been 30, or 25, depending on what date of birth we reckon with, had now been widowed twice at 30 or 25. Widowed twice. This would have broken the spirit of most women because also she was now childless. But by this time, she had strengthened her trade with the expatriate community, the colonialists, the indigenous population of Lagos, Abelkota, all the communities within the Yoruba land, particularly within the Yoruba hinterland. She now later remarried Yesufubada, who was also called Obadino, who was Obauluole, who took over from Adele's war captain, who would have said the Balogu in other areas, the Generalissimo. You can imagine what it would mean for this young man. She used her position well and had great influence in the palace and she made Akitoe her brother-in-law, king after Obauluole. When we say she made, she used the force of her commerce, the force of her wealth, the force of her influence, the military might she had. By being married, 
to the Generalissimo. In 1851, Akitoe was fully in charge of the throne and he granted Tinubu many favorable commercial concessions. So she still traded in slaves, she traded in guns with the Brazilians and the Portuguese traders. And from what she obtained a tract of land from the Brazilians and Portuguese traders, Madame Tinubu possessed at some point, from some accounts, the land between Yaba and Magodo. <laughs> Unimaginable right now for that to be the possession of one person, but apparently was a woman. She obtained a tract of land from Obakitoe, which is where the current Tinubu Square and the Kakawa Street now are. She had so much influence over Akitoe in 1853 that uh, two Lagos chiefs rose in rebellions against him for giving Tinubu so much privilege. But well, he had to favor the one who helped him to the throne. This broadcast will be too long for Voice of Change if I don't quickly round up to say she had grown to such prominence and had such control over trade that she became the veritable link between the British colonial powers in trading and the hinterland. She blocked all trade, apparently, with the hinterland. The hinterland being Ibadan, who be the likes of Ekiti, Ondo State, for oil palm that the British consul found her a fern in the flesh. And he wrote back, I remember reading a copy of this historic letter, where I see a British consul or governor complaining bitterly about a woman and saying she had become a veritable thorn in the flesh and she was blocking all trade with the hinterland. A woman who rose against colonial policies in Lagos, who played a proactive part in the resistance to British rule. In 1855, she led a campaign against the Brazilian and Sierra Leonean returnees in Lagos for using their wealth and power against King Dosumu, who she helped to ascend the throne in 1853, being the son of Obakitoe. This was a woman of obvious loyalty, and you know leaders treasure loyalty. They are loyal, and they expect loyalty. So she led a campaign against those she felt were using their wealth and power against Dosumu and subverting the customs, the traditions of Lagos. The British Council Benjamin Campbell felt threatened by Tinubu's nationalistic act and in 1856 instigated Dosumu to expel Tinubu and her followers from Lagos to Abekuta. If you believe Dosumu betrayed Tinubu, maybe you are not wrong. But she moved to Abekuta and she began to trade and expand in her business activities, identifying the United Board Management Government and expanded her business activities to include a range of wares such as arms and ammunition, having abandoned the slave trade which had been abolished by this time. She grew to prominence in Abelkuta politics and she contributed a woman to the successful defense of the Egbata during the Dahomey invasion of 1863. Note, at this time, she was either 58 or 53. Oftentimes when I read the stories of women in days past, I'm amazed at their youth or their age. At the time when they led, she was given the title of Yalodi or First Lady of Egba in 1864. When Tinubu died, Abel Kuta came to a standstill for seven days. Her funeral ceremonies lasted seven full days. Tinubu, therefore, was the first woman to play a proactive part in the resistance to British rule during the colonial period. And she died in 1887 at the age of 82 or 77. 
Tinubu Square on Lagos Island, of course, you should know by now, being her land at that time, was named after her. She was buried at Jokudu Quarters, the place of her birth. What do we have to learn from Madame Tinubu? She was a mother. Sadly, motherhood to natural children was snatched from her by fate. But then she took on the motherhood of her adopted city, Lagos, when she was exiled from Lagos. She took on nurturing in my land. Mothers are not just mothers to biological children. Real mothers are leaders. Leaders not of just of their own homes, but leaders in the nation. Madame Tinubu might not have gotten everything right, but she understood that the call to motherhood went beyond her nuclear family. Are you a mother today and you're listening to me? Are you just going to be a mother to those two, three, four children? Or are you going to be a mother in the community, in the neighborhood, in the city, in the state, dare I say, in the nation? Let us learn what there is to learn from Madame Tinubu, either from her errors or from her achievements. Happy Mother's Day. It's time for change.